Turn that shit up. We gotta listen to Ronald Reagan. Oh, that was Nixon. <laughs> it's early. We have increased seizures of illegal drugs. Shortages of marijuana are now being reported. There ain't no shortages of marijuana no more. Sanctioned by the Philippines' new president. Well, there is right now. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Welcome to the Daily Attic Podcast. It's your boy Tim and Dave Psych. We got Mike Biggs from the West Coast. What up? How's it going? Hey, we didn't we didn't get that mm good enough. We gotta lift that up now. Get a second mm. mm. There we go. <laughs> Rookies are learning. We got a stand-in um, co-host today, everybody. You guys are familiar. So, Biggs, what's been up with you, man? Nothing, man. Just outside of typical routine life, uh, trying to learn a little bit more about what we do here and help spread the messages that we feel are important. We talk about this stuff for a long time before you uh, decided to take this avenue and as much as it surprised me that you did it I was excited for you and I'm excited for the audience you've accumulated so far and I think it's really cool that people want to be uh, informed on the effects uh, that drug policies have on everybody and all of it's bad pretty much it's just like uh, it just the stories are hilarious, though, for the most part. You got to so kind of make light of it because, dude, if you just go down the road of frustration all the time, like yep. a lot of people like in the drug war, if you listen to like the uh, National Drug Policy Podcast, the guys on there are like, hi, my name is George. <laughs> this is the National it's hard Drug to take it Policy all the Podcast. Yep. And we're here to talk about the the human tragedy that's involved with the drug war. Here's our special guest, Dr. Penelope. You know, it's just, it's stale, man. It's like, because nobody wants to talk about it as a policy change. Um, I actually, everybody wants to talk about it as a policy change and not, and, and the people that are smart enough to recognize it, that write things they're not taken seriously. Like uh, we have on Twitter, I think his name's Dr. Julie, uh, Julian Buchanan from new zealand um we follow him uh and he follows us and uh it's interesting some of his papers and philosophies on the drug war he actually has a plan when people have a plan to end the drug war and what to do next that's impressive because we talk about that shit we talk about the problems like the travesties in in disparities in race and then the waste of money and then the tragedies of death and murder and things like that and all the illegal activity and the gang violence and the and the violence in general surrounding the drug war that nobody talks about, not not even talking about the almost two million people incarcerated and the people's lives that have been ruined by being incarcerated. This guy and guys like this, they're coming up with a plan to get out of the drug war. Like this is what you're gonna this is what it's gonna look like. You are gonna have to regulate this drug. Yes, you are gonna have to, you know, uh tax this drug and you're gonna have to do things in a way with a plan not just be like uh like mexico did mexico just like not too long ago mexico quit funding the drug war in mexico there's like we're done because it didn't do anything the violence was greater Mm -hmm. but they haven't come up with a plan 
They're not like, so what are you going to do with heroin now? It's legal to have heroin. Now you can just have it. Like everybody can just make it or mm-hmm. are you going to, you going to license people to make it or what's the plan? That's what's the most important thing. So I appreciate all your comments, man, because I think people are interested and they do want to listen. But I think the aspect of our show that separates it is that we try to take a funnier take on it to make it entertaining because it's not always the funnest subject to to sit and debate about. You know what I mean? It can get pretty dark pretty quick and you can keep it dark if you don't know how to come at it from different angles. That's what we do. Come at it from angles, motherfuckers. Angles. All different ones. Angle to the dangle. From, From different dimensions. So you're already listening to us. You got us on some kind of, you know, uh, podcast tool app website. I'm just going to run down the list. I know it's boring, but we're available somebody out uh, from some other places. Maybe, maybe you listen to us on one format and you want, you want to know if we're on another. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google podcast, Stitcher, iHeart and tune in are coming soon. And then also through Apple Podcasts, you can listen to us on Overcast, Pod, Pocket Cast, Castro, Castbox, and Podchaser. Those are some good names, man. Mm-hmm. If I were to come up with that shit, I would hope I would have names as cool as that. We're also brought to you by Hemp. Hemp. The number one recyclable product in the world that's not being used. And... This is a unique product that everybody can use and everybody can grow and everybody can process. That's why it's so dangerous. Not everybody's going to process petroleum and make it into plastic cups and shit, but you can take hemp and make a variety of shit out of it. All kinds of shit. And it's been illegal for so long. People don't even know how to act now. Now that you can grow it, they're like, what do we do? How do we harvest it? How do we do this? How do we do that? They don't even fucking know because it's been like the farmers that used to farm it are dead already, you right, know? Right. Take the fibers and make some clothes. So you can take hemp because it's a huge, huge sponsor and supporter of our podcast here. You can take hemp seriously and know that we endorse it 100%. And when you endorse hemp and you use hemp, you can make things like clothes, toothpaste, flour. Soap, socks, food, deodorant, cars. You can make <laughs> fucking, you can make fish bait, car fuel, fucking underwear, fungus fighter. Yeah, fish bait. <laughs> From under fighter, <laughs> sponsored by him. I will, I will take this opportunity to um, reiterate the fact that there are over at least a quarter of a million known uses for hemp products for that's a fucking lot that's a lot and this was known since the 30s so it could be way more by now we don't even know there's yeah it's it's versatile it's durable it's it's biodegradable it's earth friendly it's healthy um they're you know if you're a bodybuilder, take hemp protein powder instead of whey protein. If you, if you're looking to if you're lactose intolerant and you're having trouble holding, right. holding that, just right. try, just try it out, bodybuilders. If your lips are dry, use hemp fucking lip balm instead of that cheap ass uh, chapstick. Yeah, 
You that just dries your lips out more. You put that wax on there. Yeah. I'm just making that shit up. I don't even know if it's true, but it sounds right. It feels like it. I think they do it on purpose to make you buy more. Hell yeah. That's what that's what my theory is. It doesn't moisten your lips. It's all marketing, man. Like <laughs> That's why hemp needs to be marketed. That's why they're a sponsor of our show. Hemp is a big sponsor. We love you, hemp. You make the long, longest lasting paper. The U.S. Constitution was written on you. Um, you are remarkable. Thank you. Thank you. With that being said, we'll go on to our first story. Rutgers. Rutgers. <laughs> it's called Rooters, man. <laughs> it's not called Rutgers. That's a college. Yeah, that's a school. That's a school. No, Rooters. I'm sorry. <clears throat> on Rooters.com, we have the Coast Guard bust alleged drug sub at sea. And there's a video. And it's a it's a cool video. Um, I don't understand. We're going to play the video and just kind of narrate the video here. I don't know where this was at. I think this was, um, they don't say where it was at. They're they? not being specific at all. It just says it took place in international waters in the eastern Pacific. Oh, okay. So that's, just, I don't know where, what country they're near or whatever, but these guys seem to be talking a different language i don't know if it's spanish or colombian or something we'll play the video maybe you guys know we got listeners in spain and mm-hmm. mexico and colombia so somebody knows better than somebody us. knows better than us check it out stop your boat stop your boat now bitch oh, no they didn't say bitch i thought to parco i mean park your sub park so your sub. the coast guard's in a boat this is what I don't get. They're riding on top of the ocean right now, and you can see the sub. The sub is like, you know, above the water, too, just the top of it. And they're chasing this sub, and they're yelling at the sub. And the, the hatch is closed, and the whole sub is closed, so I don't know how they can hear this guy yell. This guy's yelling. <laughs> but they're chasing. Now, look it. They're driving right up on the back of the sub now. Yep. They parked the boat on the back of the sub. The dude jumped off. Now he's beating on the fucking door. He's beating on the top hatch of the sub. They're in military gear. And uh, one guy's filming, one guy's watching, and the guy comes and opens the fucking hatch up. With his hands up. With his hands up. Yeah. Looks like a South American gentleman or something. I don't know. But there's no story surrounding it. They just released a video. This is about the theatrics of law enforcement in the drug war. This isn't about due process. This isn't about preventing drugs from getting in our country. This isn't about um, anything else than a propaganda uh, to bait you to think that how how heroic and um, morally just this drug war can be by our U.S. Coast Guard chasing down a drug. And they don't even say they don't have any details about the amount of drugs in there. They do say it was. In other stories, $565 million worth. Damn. Which would be probably about eight eight tons or something. Or, yeah. Because I think 16 tons was a billion. But either way, these guys are in a sub and they're chasing them. And they just released the video that you listen to the video. It's, I mean, it's dramatic. It, it <laughs> It's dramatic on purpose, though. You have a point. Like it's just like the way the the camera set up, and the like. You can like, 
Yeah. It is theatrics. Like they do add a certain element of look at what we're doing and look at how important it is. And we have to do it a certain way to make people think they need us. I think uh, it was staged man. more than they actually do. I think it's staged. Well, here's the other thing here, that I think is funny now. Because <laughs> he's yelling at the sub, dude. It don't even make sense. <laughs> if I'm driving along a sub, you know what I mean? Right. I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to be, uh, you know, yelling at people in an airplane when the airplane's dry, flying by. You know what I mean? I'm like, hey, look at me. I'm here. Like, I never even considered that initial reaction, but that's funny that you said that. But my funny take on it was kind of like, um, I don't mean funny as in, uh -huh, just confusing. Like, if they have enough money to um, have a submarine ship drugs for them, why not go full on sub where you can just go all the way to the fuck underwater? Why does it have to be, quote, a uh, purpose built semi submersible? Why yeah. does it have to stick out of the top of the water and be conspicuous, at least halfway conspicuous? I'm thinking maybe it malfunctioned or maybe it wasn't built to like if it has to go underwater. There's a lot of other things you got to worry about air for the people that are inside. Maybe and, they had to uh, come up for a minute. For plus you got to have some kind of sonar or something, dude, to know <clears> which way you're going. If it just sticks out uh, of the water a little bit, you can't be seen for miles away. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like a like a regular ship. Or a boat True. or whatever. Maybe, yeah, maybe, you, maybe yep. you still miss the radar mm -hmm. being, you know, semi-submerged. Yeah, um, that was just the skeptic in me coming out. Yeah, no, I I could see it both ways. Why have a submarine if you're not going to go underwater? But if you uh, ever watch the Netflix uh, show Operation Odessa, where this eccentric-ass fucking Russian sells equipment to the cartels when the Russian when Russia crumbled in the 90s this guy I think his name was Tarzan I don't know why I want to say that I think that was his nickname he sold subs to the cartels from the Russian military that they were offshooting like these generals and oh, shit snap. were just like Russia's no more I'm offing all my equipment they're selling their helicopters they were selling their subs they were selling everything and this guy was brokering it he lived in New York in California and he was working with other guys to work through the cartel to get that heavy equipment to the cartel. So they already have subs. Do they have nuclear sub capability? The cartel does. They could buy whatever the fuck they wanted. So these kind of things right here are either from a lower level or maybe they, maybe they do this. Some people say maybe they set you up with something like a boat full of immigrants or a boat with some Coke in it. And then they bring the real shipment right behind it. Right. You know what I mean? Um, what do you call that? Diversionary tactic. Diversionary. Another thing I was thinking though, for the, this is advice for the media because the media is part of this thing. They don't demand more. They'll just show this video without having any fucking facts, mm -hmm. which I have a problem with. Well, they do that with a lot of things now. So, um, but what I would do, I'd say take that shit one step further. This is this is to you, media. I'm not telling you don't do it. I'm telling you do it all the way. Take it one step further. Start putting a fucking, you know, instead of just having the video, start editing that shit. Put a score behind it, maybe a little intro, maybe a little outro with some credits. Just make it into what it is. <laughs> it's a movie to sell the drug war. You might as well make it into a movie to sell the drug war. Yeah. Fuck it. 
go, go all the way with yeah. it. Go balls to the wall, man. Yeah, if you're not going to provide any story or any type of... And Reuters, you know, I'm glad I said your name wrong. Fuck you. You know what I mean? Shame <laughs> they provided, on you. They provided little to nothing. Yeah, I'll call you this. Rutgers all day. I don't give a like, shit. Like, hey, look, a bust. Lots of drugs. The end. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. It was dramatic. Uh, my heart goes out to the Coast Guard guys out there doing the missions and... Um, having to be away from their families for a long time and putting them in dangerous situations. And I hope that people don't take this as a dis my, my view on this stuff as a disrespect to what they're doing in their jobs. And they feel like they are protecting the country from drugs. Then so be it. Um, I just have a different opinion, but it doesn't take the respect I have away for some of those people that have to, that are, that have to do it. I, I just wish they were defending our country from, from more serious threats Absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah. then drugs, because I think drugs are here anyway. And uh, you, you're not going to stop people from taking them. Like if you put all that resources into people not taking the drugs, then you wouldn't even have to be trying to stop. Thousands of fucking tons of cocaine and fentanyl and heroin and hashish and marijuana and illegal pressed pills and everything coming into this country, which is how can you stop something from coming in a place as massive as the United States? We have water, we have land, we have air, we have sea, we have tunnels. They, they get it in every fucking way. There is thousands and thousands of coastline and thousands and thousands of border. Especially when you can always buy people and resources to help you along that process. That's a good point. You know, it's a, um, it's, an, it's a dog chasing its fucking tail, man. Yeah. It really is. And True. it's sad to see because, like you said, it's a lot of wasted money. Um, in our opinion, we think that there's people that think that they're fighting a noble cause. But in reality, um, they could be focused on more serious problems or at least attacking this problem from a better, more productive angle. Yeah. And um, it ain't doing nothing but causing more strife. And it's just, uh, it's crazy. It's, it's very, it's very tiresome, man. It's very tiresome to know that there's, uh, most of the problems that come out of this shit are from the policies and the enforcement of the policies. Yes. It's counterproductive. Yes. Most of the symptoms, uh, are mo- most of the, uh, the, the illness or the sickness, they got, they got the symptom wrong. They're trying to fit. Mm-hmm. They're trying to. They're trying to say people are evil for selling them and when that's not the case at all. There's some very, you have to be evil at some level when you're selling drugs in certain cities and things like that. But at some levels, you don't have to be evil to sell drugs and you can still sell them and get away with it. Um, You don't have to be evil to take drugs. You just have to be maybe a broken person. That's not evil. But a good example is the uh, network series Dope. That's a great one. I've been watching season three just came out. And if you want to see what drugs do at a street level, as far as to people uh, all around the whole, from the cops to the, to the users, to the dealers, to the children um, involved in it and all that, it is just a real, it's a reality based series that sees it from both, from all angles they take the cameras to all angles. It's not like cops where they just follow the cops around or it's not like just the bad guys or, or the drug dealers or the gangbangers or whatever. It's all sides. And it's an interesting show. Uh, with that being said, 
I think I think we beat that one up. It's time to get to the next story. This is on the Inquirer.net. So is the Inquirer like legitimate? We're gonna get in trouble for fucking covering this Inquirer.net. No, nah, man, it looks legit to me. It's at least an international paper, I think. It's uh somewhere from over there, I believe. This story's from the Philippines, so No, it's not from the Philippines. No, no it's from San Pedro. Oh, there's okay. another there's another paper that's covering it in the Philippines, oh, but gotcha. this is okay, San Pedro. This is San Pedro City. Okay, I believe this is California. But the the I'm going to go through this article, but there's a line in here that a cops. I just defended the the military and all that, but right here, this cop, what a fucking piece of shit! All oh, right, the, the quote at the end here. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This story is a boy, four, mom wounded in drug bust that turned into a hostage situation so in san pedro city a four-year-old boy and his mother were wounded when police shot dead a suspect pusher who had held civilians hostage in the lipa city in the batangas providence you're probably right dude it's probably is in the philippines or in yeah the i look i looked it up it's in oh is it all right yeah. my bad my bad good uh no you're good yeah the good reporter's reporting. name on here is on here and everything and I, yeah it looks legit yeah I thought it was Mexican because it's a uh, Maracar Cinco. The shooting happened Thursday, July 11th yet, but the details started coming in only Saturday. It drew parallels with police operation that led to the killing of a three-year-old girl in the town of Rodriguez in the Rizzo Providence on June 19th. So this is the second one. They're a four-year-old boy and back in June, a three-year-old girl. Micah Opina um, was also killed. The police in Batangas said the suspect, Christopher Javier, also used civilians as human shields in, a, in an attempt to flee a by bust operation. Uh, the police chief said in a phone interview there was no basis to compare what happened in the previous death with that of the one that happened now. And he said he exercised extreme caution when the operation against Javier turned into a hostage situation. Now let's highlight that the police chief said he exercised extreme caution when the operation against Javier turned into a hostage situation. He said the wounds suffered by the woman and her child were superficial. They were just grazed by bullets. The woman on the on the back with the child on the arm. And the child on the arm. Oh, and the child on the arm. The, so, wo- the woman executed an affidavit pointing to the dead suspect as the one who fired the gun that led her, and her to her child's wounding. Okay, so... They're saying that Javier was the one that <laughs> shot, shot him. Shot the mom and the kid before he died. Okay, let me, I got to read this part over. I got confused. He said the wounds suffered by the woman and her child were superficial, that they were just grazed by bullets. The woman on the back, the woman on the back and the child on the arm, said Quilates. The woman executed the affidavit pointing to the dead, to suspect, the dead suspect as the one, as who, the fired one who fired the gun, the gun that led to her and her child's wounding. 
So, so he shot, he grazed her in the back with a bullet and the child in the arm with a bullet before the cop shot him dead is what they're saying. Okay. And then they just turn around and dismiss it. Like, Oh, it's just, they're just grazed by bullets. They're all right. Okay. So <clears throat> this, so this actually, this four year old wasn't shot dead. I'm sorry. I was under the understanding. The three year old was though. the three year old was earlier, but that's where I got confused in this thing. Yep. So this four year old was just grazed him and his mom. They were actually saying they were grazed by the uh, assailant. Um, yeah, so Javier, according to police, took the hostage, the woman and her child and his aunt, to prevent police from cornering him. The woman took taken hostage, and Gog said, had been pleading to Javier to surrender. The standoff lasted about 15 minutes, and... Uh, Pilates said police took their chance at shooting Javier when he accidentally let the hostages go. Hold on. Did they take their chance or did they take extreme caution? Like they said, I don't know, but this is the best. This is the best of the whole article. I've been waiting to get to this. Okay. Um, I don't know if that's like Ronald Bato De La Rosa, former national police chief. Now Senator. Oh, he's a senator. Ronald Bato De La Rosa. Mm -hmm. Bato. Former National Police Chief had said the killing of the three-year-old in Rodriguez just showed that shit happens during police operations. He later apologized for the term and vowed to start an investigation. So it wasn't even the police that said that. It was the senator. Bato. Dude, we got to get his picture. Ronald Bato. What a shitty thing to say. Hey, the three-year-old died. Shit, Shit happens. happens. Shit happens. Shit happens. Hey, I was just kidding. Ah, man, I thought our politicians were fucking cold and heartless and brutal. Holy I think shit. this was in Mexico, bro. I don't think it was in the Philippines. These are not Philippine names. I've done enough. I've done enough stories in the Philippines to tell you that Philippines don't have Spanish names, bro. Uh, I do know that about. There could be a a provenance in both countries by the same name. I mean, there could be, but these names, dude, they don't have senators, I don't think, in uh, the Philippines. And I think the Philippine names are more like, oh, yeah, they are kind of like that, though, too. Because you think about like Rodrigo Diderte, that's almost like a fucking Spanish sounding name. Either way, I think it's um, a tragedy, and it's besides the point where it's at because the Philippines, they probably if it was in the Philippines, they're probably going after this Javier guy for like point zero zero two grams of fucking shabu. That's what they do there is the methamphetamine, so it's probably shabu. And it was probably very little. They didn't even talk about the street value bust or nothing, dude. They didn't say mm-hmm. any facts about what they just said. It was a street deal gone bad. And he was taking hostages, yada, yada, yada. Fuck them. I think that's a bunch of bullshit. But not bullshit. Oh, uh, yeah. Says he, uh, Ronald De La Rosa, also known as Bato, is a retired Filipino police officer and politician who's currently serving as a senator of the Philippines. So fuck him. We need to get a picture of him and Duterte with a... Mr. Shit Happens, you're a fucking shithead. 
Just let you know. We need to have a big a turd uh, photoshopped on his nose or something. Have a picture of him. We're all you, all you Filipino politicians that support him and Deserte can fucking kiss my ass. Official. <clears throat> hey, let's kiss ass right on to the uh, last story of the episode with that ship. The ship that was seized by the seashore. A massive ship. You guys know which one. It was like two weeks ago in Philadelphia or something. It was $1 billion worth, which I have to go back. I did the math on that at the kilos being 20,000 a kilo. And it was just under half a million, uh, half a billion. But I ha- now since watching the series Dope, I have to recalculate that formula at 40,000 a kilo because that is kind of the street value and the street value when you break down cocaine the kilo of cocaine into the smallest increments which would be grams probably you can make up to 100,000 on a kilo so 16 tons of uncut cocaine are definitely a billion dollars worth so i have to i am officially recanting my statement I was wrong. I can make mistakes. I've made a lot of them. I'll make more. You're but, only human. Uh, You're only human. I'm not allowed to say bet wrong shit and learn and change my views. No. I, That's yeah. not what you do in life. <laughs> so this was the largest vessel ever seized in the 230-year history of U.S. Customs. Yes. And it is owned by... Dun-dun-dun... J.P. Morgan Chase, one of the biggest banks in the world, the most powerful, one of the most powerful elitist group of hierarchies known to man. And of course, they're not suspects in any of this. They, uh, of course not. Of course not. Just several crew members have been charged with knowingly and intentionally conspiring with each other to possess cocaine. I was fox hunting. All billion dollars. A couple of crew members got a hold of a hundred of a billion dollars worth of drugs and put it on their workship. No, no, it wasn't I. (laughs) There's no way I was having tea with the queen. It's preposterous. Preposterous. I subleased that ship out to those six crew members months ago. They stole it. Took it to Liberia. <laughs> How dare you, Winston Churchill the Third Junior? Is that wait, Winston Churchill? That's a president, or that was the? Uh, he wasn't. The president. No, he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> of course, he wasn't a president. I think maybe they wanted him to be one. At yeah, one point. no, but that was a bad name. I'm trying to think of. Oh, I was thinking of Thurston Howell. Thurston Hall. J.P. Morgan Chase owns this fucking vessel, right? Yeah. And they fucking... They own this, a lot of things. This vessel, yeah. <laughs> Among, this amongst them. But it just trips me out that they still are charging the crew members with the uh, huge bust that was a billion dollars, like the six or seven. How many was it? Several. They, several. They don't, don't even say. So, is. But just even though... If, even Let's just say it's every single one of them. Is it still a believable story? That much, that much drugs. That that no. those are the only guys involved. They're not going to dig any deeper, or further into this shit. For billion real. dollars, dude. You need to have. You need to have. This has to be something that is driven from the top because nobody's going to be able to coordinate this type 
a huge deal that works on a fucking ship on a vessel. Nobody's going to be able to get all this, you know, all of this coordinated because they went from one country to the next country to the next country. They probably picked up. I'm thinking they picked up Coke in Peru and Colombia because they went to both fucking countries. Right. They were still on their way to the Netherlands. They had a Liberian fucking flag on their ship. That's where it originated from. There's just all kinds of things going on here. But the most important thing is it was a waste of fucking time. If you're going to charge these, crew members with this it's a waste of our fucking tax dollars and it's a waste of our fucking time because you think everybody's stupid enough to believe that the that the crew and the 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 captains and the members of the fucking ship that had this cocaine on it were the ones that conspired to fucking deliver this shit you're full of shit i'm not believing this shit for a minute man it's a crock of fucking shit yeah Definitely. CBS News, Yahoo, you can suck one for not having no objective reporting, just reporting. <clears throat> they're they're going to charge the ship members. It's owned by J.P. Morgan. They have nothing to do with it, I swear. Mm-hmm. Fucking lick a dick. Yeah, for sure. Fucking motherfuckers always fucking piss me off with that shit, dude. But Don't listen to MSM, people. And it's all good, man. Still had fun with it, man. It was a good episode, bro. Thanks for stopping by and appreciate it. There's a lot of important shit. It's always fun. Goes by quick. Hey, y'all. Peace out.